Be following Willie more and more. Back in the NRL is Willie Mack. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the president. Welcome to episode number 28 of The Take with Willie and Ian, brought to you by bettingsite.com.au. We are we're exciting. Back. We're, we're back. back. We're back in the studio. We're socially distancing. <laughs> We've got a metre and a half. It's been measured out by the producer, which yeah. means it's probably closer to two and a half metres because he exaggerates yeah. everything. <laughs> Very exciting. Mate, two amazing. things. One, I'm wearing pants for the first time in about the last eight <laughs> podcasts. And secondly, and more importantly, we welcome back our old pal, Rennie Matua. Welcome. Thank you. It's wonderful to see you. It's good to see you, boys. Good to be out of the house. Isn't yeah, it? it's a bit like that, actually. Yeah. What's, what's everyone been doing? Obviously, every day is just the same shit. Same. It is the same, same thing. You'll be yeah. working, you'll be doing the same thing, Ren. Same thing. Same thing, rehabbing my knee, that's it. Yeah, how's that? How'd you get an op? Yeah, knee operation from that great game of rugby league. So it's still yeah. See, that's still why an effect on me now, physically. Um, yeah, no, just looking after the knee. I had a couple of operations in the last 10 weeks. Um, good to get out of the house. It sucks not being able to surf, but watching the I know. Food, the waves look good. The waves have been really good. <laughs> Listen, I can actually kill this later over no, there. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing some stuff down in Bronny Beach and going for walks to Bondi and stuff like that, and the waves have been good. Last of the winners. Am I wrong? Am no, I you're wrong? 100% right. Yeah. He's spot on. Yeah, 100% so, right. And that's the only time I wish I could surf. You told me you can before. Yeah. So, and to the list. <laughs> list. Uh, I think probably the reason we're here is because last week I did wear my pyjamas on the show and then the producer said... Off. But it's enough know, of you. It's enough. But here we are. We're back. We are back and we are ready to rumble with the finals. It's very exciting time of the year. So what we are going to do later on is we are going to... Get two of the uh, greats of the game, two of the best Bulldogs to ever lace a boot, Willie and Rennie, to go through the finals games one by one. Yep. There's no Bulldogs in it, obviously. Although, they did have a good win over the Tigers, who are yeah. dog shit. <laughs> and that leads us to oh, our first topic, which is coaches under the pump. Mm. I don't think you could talk about coaches under the pump without starting with Michael Maguire. He has taken them... And I quite like Michael Maguire, but he's taken them from 9th to 11th to 13th. They're doing an internal review. The internal review is being held by the blokes that appointed him in the first place. So I'm not sure how independent it is. Ren, does Michael Maguire keep his job? If you put how I feel about Michael aside, Madge, uh, in terms of how he is as a bloke and what his resume says. He's a successful coach. But if you just look at those results that you've just mentioned, he's regressed. And I, I believe, I don't know for sure, I believe he's lost the dressing room. So, unfortunately, I don't think for the team to progress for next year that he should be at the helm. Um, I don't know who you bring in, but given the performance they put up last game... That indicates to me that they, he's yeah. lost the dressing room. Mm. 100%. So, if they did have any balls and if they did actually like Madge, they'd go out and fight for him. Mm -hmm. And you could see in their actions. I'd go a little bit deeper with the, with the coaching sort of thing if I'm the West Tigers. Like, you know, the next man they bring in or when they do discuss Madge, like you got to – they need a vision. They need something. you gotta, you got to sit there. you got to talk about culture. you got to see where they, where they want the club. There's a lot of, like, variables to become a head coach these days. You can't just be a good coach at another club and then automatically it just works 
at the West Tigers. Just because he was good at the Rabbits doesn't mean he's good at the Tigers. You know what I mean? Like, you got to... The CEOs and chairmen and, and everybody who's the big dogs at the West Tigers need to really, like, you know, dissect everything about these head coaches. What do you think? Just say, from going from, going from coach... Coaches like just uh, like Steve Fox, that was your first mm. um, head coach, and then you've had Ricky Stewart and all these other guys. Like, what what should the CEOs look for and the chairmans look for in a coach? What would what would be? Well, I mean, what they need to do first of all is, for example, when Madge first came in, he would have came in with an idea and said, "This is what I bring to the table. This is what I believe in." That's when he gets full backing of the board. Yeah, and he says, and then, and then if you get appointed coach, you need the board's backing. You say, look, we're not here to make friends. We're here to get results. And then we build relationships along the way. So from day one, when he came in, he came in with that. He loves the wrestle. He's hard. He's probably the toughest coach. And He's from Melbourne. Remember from that? Melbourne mold. He needed to recognise in his side where were the weakest links. Not try and change the footballer and try and say, I can turn this player into that. He needed to recognise his weaknesses from the start. Yep. Start removing players bringing in the players that he want to play with his kind of structure. Now he's stuck with a roster that he can't do much with. And the only way that he's going to get success, if he evolves, he yeah. needs to change to coach the players that he has in his roster. Yeah. And it might not sit well with him. That's I, why I can get uglier. I actually had a look and I saw it somewhere. I can't remember I saw it, but it's actually, he signed a lot of the players now. Like I know they talk about rosters and, and they talk about Cronulla and, you know, the Bulldogs and people inheriting rosters and having to... Be, but Michael Maguire's actually signed a lot of the blokes that more than 50% of that side right. comes from when Michael Maguire has signed them. So, I, I, I don't know. I think they've struggled to attract players. And obviously, Luke Brooks probably hasn't been the player they thought he was going to be. Yeah. Going into coaching a little bit more, Ren, mm. how important do you think it is for a, for, for a head coach to have good assistant coaches because every time I've been involved in a team, I'm just say like your Wayne Bennett's and like when I first started, Steve folks was just a coach. There was no assistant coaches or anything. Mm. Games evolve. Obviously you need more help and there's more hands on. There's assistant coaches. There's, there's, there's um, positional coaches and all that kind of stuff. The head coach, what he has to look like to me is a leader of men. Yep. He has to be standing right in front of you all the time and leading you into battle. He has to have that sort of charisma. He has to have a lot of boxes to tick because we're all young, impressionable men looking at this man going, he's a coach. He's the guy that we're listening to. We're, we need to trust him. We need to believe in him. Like, how important it is for him to have good assistant coaches because he needs to lead from the front and he can't have assistant coaches. I've been in teams where they undermine the coach, some, some assistant coaches, you know what I mean? So it's I don't... I don't really – I understand, like, where they're trying to get to, but, like, how important it is from the head coach to really rule that whole coaching staff like an absolute general. He has to have people that he trusts around him. Yeah. Like you said, when you're playing for a club that has – is sort of dropping up and down the ladder all throughout the year or they might lose a few in a row, that's when the, the assistant coaches yeah. start separating, separating themselves from the head coach. If they see the writing on the wall, to keep their job – I find rugby league, especially with more so with the coaching staff, I find them very snaky. Yes. They're all looking after, their, they're all aspiring to be a head coach or they're just trying to look after their own paycheck. No accountability. No accountability. For the, for the so wins you, and need, losses. you need those trusts. You need those people that you've probably known for 10, 15 years yeah. around you that are delivering your message to your players. Yep. And you don't steer away from any sort of outside noise. You, you, what you're trying to drive into a team and into a culture, into a winning environment you stick with that and you make sure your two assistant coaches, your three assistant coaches are all on board with you. 
Yep. As soon as you bring someone out, bring in different uh, characters within your inner sanctum, that's when shit's going to go wrong. And I, I bet you right now you've got assistant coaches at the Tigers that are trying to distance themselves away from Madge to keep their spot. It's yeah. interesting too because they've actually – and this is a new thing in the game. It wasn't around when you blokes were playing, but they've brought in Tim Sheens as a director of football or, you know, similar to, I guess, the role that Gus Gould's going to play at the Bulldogs and did at Penrith. I just think that brings another layer of complexity as well because at the end of the day, the Tim Sheens can – if they get rid of Maguire and they bring in another coach, just say they're talking about Christian Wolf or some of the players, that, some mm. of the coaches that are overseas. So they come in. Tim Sheen's been done to do, like employed to do a job. Does Tim Sheen's then get the right to say to the coach, this is the way I want you to coach? Does the coach then have to say, I need to answer to Tim Sheen's? I just think it creates a shit fight that they mm. don't need. I just think that's an, it is another layer, but it's something that probably needs to be done because some of these the head coaches that get appointed, they're not really that ready. If you have a look at other clubs, so there needs to be someone like a Gus, like a, a Tim Sheens, who's been around the block for about 30, 40 years, been in great systems. They know what a good coach looks like. Support the head coach. That's all that is, is supporting the head coach, giving him, giving him everything that he needs. Everything. All the recruitment, all the, gen, the general managers, everybody. He oversees all that stuff, so the fucking head coach doesn't have to do anything but get the best out of his players for 80 minutes. Tim Sheen's in that. They don't want to be a head coach anymore. Neither does Gus. They've been there. They've won premierships. They've, they've, they're, like, they're like OGs in this game. They yeah. have to do that. So some clubs need that. That's why Gus is going back to the Bulldogs. And just before we're talking about off camera, we're talking about culture of clubs, Ren. Mm. And then we go to the West Tigers here now. What culture do the West Tigers have when we're thinking – and he started in 2000, and, well, 2000, I think it was. Yeah, 2000. So 21 years old. Like when, when, if you're talking about culture, if you're saying this, if you're a CEO, you're bringing a, a person in, Christian Wolf. So what do, you, what, what do you think about the culture? What answer is he going to have? You fucking don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's such a weird little a, club. It's a weird club. So if you talk about yeah. the Bulldogs, you know what the Bulldogs stand for. We mm. know they've just lost their way a little bit. You talk about other clubs that we can sort of mention, like the Broncos not... They know what they stand for. They're just lost a little bit at the moment. But the Tigers is that anomaly where it's like, Tony, it's, it's a fucking new club. Well, 20 here's, years old. Here's a conspiracy for, theory for you. Paul Green today announced that um, he wasn't going to coach Queensland. He, he had one year coaching Origin, and he obviously they didn't win the series, but he probably would have been reappointed next year because the Queenslanders don't like to, you know, they pick and stick and all that. What chance does he have? If he's been tapped on the shoulder because he said he wants to get an NRL gig, does he walk straight? Like, if they're having this review about Maguire now, what chance of Paul Green's their next coach? It's a fair chance because um, it's not like we're talking about just one year here with Madge. What is it, three or four years? He's three had three years. Yeah. Three years. That's Do you want that job? Do you want the job? Exactly. Do you want the job, Paul Green? Yeah. Do you yeah. want to be thrown? Like, is, it's a rebuilding club again. Like, he done his good thing. He, done a, he won a premiership at the North Queensland, but look at that team. It was pretty much nearly, it was just set there. He just had to mould different players, different, and, and just control egos and stuff like that. That's all you got to do. And keep, keep them out of the mad cow. That's all you, <laughs> that's, that's your other job. And that's about it. But like, I mean, Paul Green could, he could be a, a head coach easily. Mm. And he could take this job, but does Paul Green want that job? He must love coaching. But there's ego, there's ego with coaches as well. Like Paul Green probably thinks, I can, I can look at that West Tigers side and I can... Moulded into something good. Like you got to remember, Trent Barrett took on the Bulldogs' job yeah. when the Bulldogs' roster at that stage was 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 a mess, and he went, "All right, well, I can probably do something with it." Now he's obviously put himself this year in a position where he needs to succeed next year, yeah. or he's gone. I just 
Paul Green might go, I look at that side and I can do I something I think with Madge it. took everything that he did to South. He bought that from Melbourne. And he, he had a bunch of men ready at South. They were ready to roll. They were ready to win. You had GI, you had the Burgess brothers, you had John Sutton, you had all, you know, you had a, a group of players that were ready to win. All he had to do was work them hard, get them fit for that for that game, for for those for those years, and it took a toll on their body. Two were medically retired because of the shit that he went through, mm. like GI and Sam Burgess, ugly, two of their best players, and he goes and takes that same mentality to West Tigers that don't really have an identity or a culture that you can just sort of just hammer on. You know what I mean? And he, and he, he must have went to the board and he sold all this sort of same shit. And he would have sold it easily because he, on the surface, is a great person and a great, great man, bloke. great bloke and a leader of men. Yeah. So he just did not get it out of the Tigers. He hasn't got anything out of the Tigers. He hasn't got the best football out of anyone bar probably Luciana Leilua. Mm. I reckon he's really evolved. Yeah. BJ's gone down. Moe yeah. Zembai's left. So yeah. all their key sort of players... Um, Dwayne, he got injured. He's probably been their best He's player. Their best, yeah. And I think um, the young kid, Dane Laurie from, um, from the Panthers, Laurie, yeah. before he got injured. So you've got something to mix with. Paul Green comes here, already won a premiership. I mean, yeah, a premiership. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. You know, he's a leader, man. He's going to sell it as well. But as, as I say before, what does he fucking? What is what the is chairman it? and the, the and the CEOs and the and the sponsors? They really need to grill him. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like Madge to get one more shot. Given that he evolves as a coach, where they they have a conversation and say, "Look, because the rumors are, you know, like you, you good mates with Sato on that. You know how harsh Madge was. I don't think he had the characters to be harsh on. No, he didn't have the characters within that side. So he needs to have a look at his roster and say, right, what I know these players well enough now. I've been around them for three years. I know what works for Luke Brooks. I know when to push him. I know when to back off him. He needs to. I'd like to him to have one more chance." evolve and work with his roster and go out and sign some players from the UK because that's yeah. the only way he's going to get players is maybe a couple of tough forwards from over in the UK. They've got um, they've got Jackson. Yeah, they haven't signed well next year. One of the things that I think rugby league, this is a very dark day for rugby league too. I think this is probably one of the saddest things that's ever happened to the game. I mean, you can talk about Super League, but Anthony Seabold, who's probably the greatest coach that's ever been. <laughs> the one that you got sacked. You're never, awful, mate. I've, I've never seen a bloke be as respected within a community is Anthony Seabold. And Anthony Seabold, it's... It's a beef there. He's oh. non-stop with him. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, and so I reckon, you know, the, the best thing about this from an Australian perspective is he signed with the English Rugby Union. They're gone. So the World Cup's in two years. Seabold will destroy that joint too. <laughs> and we're a, we're a big chance of winning the World Cup now without England. So congratulations South Africans. to Anthony Seabold. South Africans, mate? Maybe we could send him to all of them. You I can think, go and coach at I, the I think it's a great. It's. I mean, Eddie Jones is not an idiot. He, he loves rugby he, league. He, lo he loves rugby league. And Seabold is not. He, he's a smart man. Obviously, he's been he's been sacked and he's been through the ringer for for a lot of things. But his football brain and acumen and everything like is on point. So what he can teach these English pommy blokes from Union is probably far superior than most their coaches. Why are you being nice to him? All of a sudden, <laughs> he did the right thing. And didn't let his ego get in the way by trying to take on a Tiger yeah, job or trying exactly. to get another he could, he, Exactly. Yeah. He can go live he in fucking England. Sponge, he's got to do that. This is what he's got to do. You've got to think, you, you know, well done for Seves because he got to go, I want to get back in. Yeah. I've done my time, a year and a half here. I've been at Newcastle, all that sort of shit. No, yeah. he knows he needs to work on himself yep. and go back. And that takes a man to do that. Yep. So credit to Seves for doing that. He's going to go overseas, swallow his pride and learn off Eddie Jones. Yep. You aren't going to learn the X's and O's off Eddie Jones because he's going to come back to rugby league eventually. But everything that Eddie Jones stands for 
I actually reckon that's what he's going to be this, about. This then is he's going actually to one of the most respected men in rugby union. This is actually one of the best jobs. Like yeah, that English mate, rugby union awesome. side. Awesome. It's, yeah. So yeah, I don't know how he got it, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing that's happened this week is I'm going to call this the Paul Vaughan rule. Mm. Uh, they're saying the that POV. misbehaving players will be liable for fines of up to 130 grand. So if Ooh. you're a second tier player, please don't do it because that's your old contract ripped up in one go. Yeah. What about this? 130,000. Is that going to be a deterrent? Like if you're out on the drink, not that either of you ever would be, but if you're out on the drink Never. and you're misbehaving, are you going to go, I better pull up now? I've had 500 schooners, but I might get fined 130. It's, it's not the actual drinking. It's the situation you get put in sometimes when you should, you know you shouldn't be doing the right things. Just example, bringing people back to your hotel. That'll be straight out. Yeah. That'll go, all right, it might be 25 to 50. You're probably dancing with the devil there in the last couple, just say the last 10 years. 130 grand, that person is not coming back. There's just that you're just going to draw a line in the sand and just... Go put Pornhub on. It'd have to be a pretty. It would have to be a big oh, thing mate, for hundred and thirty. You'd have to. I don't know. I don't have a leg to stand on with all the misdemeanors I had. Yeah, well, but like we, we haven't been in this situation. Yeah, we I, haven't been in this it, in this environment right now. And when you bring in everything else under, like you, you're nearly you're nearly ruining the game. Some of these decisions, some of these young kids are are, are making right now. Mm. In our era, different. We're just doing dumb shit to hurt ourselves. We're not hurting ourselves. We're only, we're hurt right now. You hurting the game. So right now, if, you, if you're going to make that decision to bring someone back in the bubble, this is pretty much what it's all about. Fucking 130 grand, minimum. Yeah. It's kind of a shame that they've had to come up with something so dramatic. Yes, because they can't, trust, they can't trust players. Yeah. Someone's getting fined 130 grand. Oh, like, for sure. You know oh what I mean? I, I just think if you're, sure. a tw- if you're a 21-year-old and you're out there, you, like these things are so reactive. You're just going to go, you're going to get sprung and then you go, oh, you roll the dice. 130. <laughs> you roll the dice of, every time. A couple of blokes on about a mill rolling that dice. Don't worry about Snake that. Snake eyes. The blokes, <laughs> the, the blokes on a mill don't, they're not the ones getting caught though. It's, it's you yeah, know what I'm saying? Saying, I mean? I like, just say if you're on 600, you get hit with 130. It's a lot of money. You got know, to make 250 to make 130. Yeah. Well done. You do the math. Where does that Whatever. money go? Whatever. Account, account. Account. Uh, account. money goes? My accountant. You should be. The accountant. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it just says here that under the current rules, a player can't be more, fined more than 50000 but the new figure will be established before the start. I guess you pay the NRL. Maybe they're going. Uh, it doesn't go into education. Yeah, I mean, education? it's bullshit. I think yeah, it's a right. it's a big it's a big scam. Straight to well, Andrew really, Abdu's bank account. It should go straight. <laughs> into, it should go straight into the women's game because we can't actually afford to pay those girls. Which That's sucks. pretty average. Yeah. Like, just give it like yeah, give, give all it our fine money. It, it, sure. It'll accumulate into a million dollars next year. Have a pay bigger, all the girls. They'd have a bigger cap than yeah. Like I think we'll, it'd be a big cap. I think this year, <laughs> I think this year, six hundred fifty thousand all accumulated from everyone's fines. Bankroll the women's game. Putting it into education shit. You're liars. You're not doing shit. Well, there, know, I mean, NRL. there's enough education, isn't there? Sure. It's like, don't fuck, go... How out. much education do you need? I know. I don't like, know. We're going to put it back into play welfare. What the fuck? You, no. Wrong place. So one of the people who wasn't at... So if there was 130 grand, that Dragons party would have been 130 grand. 100%. So... You got Debellin under the bed. You got, you know, it's oh, a man. bubble. So Tarek it's a million Sims, dollars in one. Tarek Sims wasn't at that party, but the club has said they're not going to extend his contract. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of hoo ha about it. I mean, look, these are business decisions. Rugby league's a business. Anyone that thinks it's not, people are saying he's a local junior. Well, he's a local junior, but he's also played for the Cowboys. He's played for Newcastle. You know, he went to Brisbane. So. 
I don't know. Do pe- are people getting too upset now, knowing that rugby league is a business, about players getting the punt or leaving clubs? Yeah, I think they'll be getting upset right now because Tarek's had such a great year. And they'll be thinking, why? Why, my God, he's been our best player. He killed it in Origin. He did this, this, and this. Simple fact is, he's 32 next year. That's old. And Tarek's not, Tarek's not dumb. He knows he's probably got two or three, year, two, two or three good years left in him. And he wants, he wants another year on top of next year so he can probably sit back and just retire at like 33 or 34. So he's playing, he's playing his hand and then, and then the club's gone, no, we don't yeah. want that because it's not a smart business decision. You've got a case for both, Tarek yeah. and, and I love Tarek. I love Tarek. I think yeah. he's a beast. But if he can get another deal, the West Tigers or Canberra or lower t- lower tier club that's got some big cash, mm. go get it, son. Go get it because the St. George aren't going to pay you more than 650. I reckon he's worth about 800 in this market. And he did play great in Origin. He's still got a lot of football left in him, even though it says 32. You know, a 32 now is, is, is not 32 10 years ago. He the way they can wouldn't. look after their body and stuff like that. And the way Tarek is, he's the ultimate professional. What he can bring to a, a class, uh, a team like the Tigers, lower-tier lower teams, his leadership and the way that he plays and just being an all-around fucking legend. He deserves a two-year deal. Yeah. I would sign him a two- or three-year deal, even if I'm not getting the most product, product productivity out of him. Mm. It's still Tarek Sims. And it's also talking about West Tigers and struggling with a culture and struggling with... He's the sort of bloke that can drive a culture because he's, he's, you know, he's yeah. a current origin player. He's been there. It's not, it's not the worst signing for the Tigers, that's for no, sure. It's almost an investment long-term as well, especially yeah. for the Dragons. Mm. You can make that case by keeping him around these young players like Sloan and yeah. uh, who's the centre... There's a few young players coming Zach through. Lomax, they've, they've, Lomax yeah, developing and Amone. So you can't, you can't really buy experience or knowledge. Or, and because he is a, uh, what's that area? Bloody Wollongong, Wollongong Junior. Yeah, Shell Harbour. Shell Shell Harbour. Yeah. Um, can't play that on him. Like he wanted, he, that was his whole dream to go back to play for Wollong, to play for St. George Illawarra. He's done that. He's put the yards in. Now it's a business decision. I can understand how the fans get upset because he's playing so great. He's a Wollongong Junior. But fucking, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Mm. Like this is the, the the this is the business. This is the business end. St George is looking after their end. All right. And Griffin hasn't been there a long time either, and he yeah. needs results. They lost their last eight games yeah. or something like that. Mm. So he needs results. So he needs to make calculated business uh, decisions. You can't just be friends with everyone like we yeah. spoke about earlier. You got to put friendships aside, yep. and you your result base driven. You know what I mean? So do, do any of the Dragons players live in Cogra? Or are they all down at... I think they all live Tempe. on the beach at Shalaba, don't they? I think. Rockdale. I don't think they're all... They're in Rockdale they train at, every Sunday. They train at Wynn. Uh, let's just quickly... Let's just touch upon... First and foremost, um, you know, the Warriors had a bit of an implosion on the weekend. And, and I, for one, think it's a bit harsh to have a crack at them because they've been away for that long. They've had... Of all the rubber that green, the Warriors have had the toughest, toughest, yeah. toughest start, right? Yeah. Matt Lodge and... Jared Wallace have had a little hoo-ha on the weekend. And and I actually don't mind – the only bloke throwing punches is Kane Evans. <laughs> and he needs to worry more about stationary objects than moving objects because he's got a terrific-looking jab. We've seen that in a couple of videos. But he, he can't contact with anyone Not yet. yet. I don't think he's actually hit anyone yet. I don't yet. want to be on the end of it, but he's throwing some beautiful punches. If he gets punches. one, yeah, they're good-looking punches. Great-looking punches. I think he shuts his eyes or something. I don't know. You're a boxer, and you tell no. me. Is he a Far bloke that... A boxer. I wouldn't step in the ring with him. I think he's got a he's got a great punch. He does. I don't want to be the one that tests out his power. Yeah. Maybe he's just foxing. Maybe he thinks if he hits a bloke, he'll get six weeks, and if he misses, <laughs> he'll only get three. Well, he got six weeks, didn't he? 
I think he only got three. Three. I don't yeah. know. But he, he he's had, that's what three three suspensions yeah. or something this year. I mean, he's obviously you he's know he's, he's but he came in to protect his mate, and I get that. Yeah. But Matt Lodge, so Lodge has done a lot of work on his. Um, I guess his reputation after what happened and you know he's he hasn't honestly put a foot wrong for the whole time he's come back he started with brisbane he's gone to the warriors he hasn't put a foot wrong yeah he's getting hammered he 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 lost his little he lost his crankies on the weekend and and then i think the sticking his finger up at the crowd you know there's photos of that everywhere but Emotions are running. I, I don't reckon you can hang. The bloke has done some horrible things, but you can't hang him out to dry over a little stink. No. I, I love that. I don't want to see a soft front row. I want to see the little bit of a screw loose. Yeah. Yeah. There, like, there's a screw loose with Lodge. Oh, I love absolutely. him. He's just, you can see in his eyes, he doesn't say much, but his eyes want to fucking murder he you. He wants to kill you. You know what I mean? Um, but like, I think people, people need to take their hat off to some of these players that... Rugby league players are cut from a different cloth. You know what I mean? We're highly aggressive and stuff like that. We, we use that platform rugby league on the field to take a lot of that anger out especially a lot of forwards we do that you know what i mean and to take that away from them and to have the i don't know, just just, just chill back no but just to, to cop it and not do anything about it suppress all those feelings and not just hit someone straight in the fucking mouth because these guys played in an era where you could actually hit someone mm. You know what I mean? So now it's like it's taken it's taken back from him. You're like, wow! Like you just show that resolve just to not hit someone. I think you you need to pay homage to all these young kids because otherwise there'd be fights all the time. I'll tell you what was like I reckon indicative of that whole you can't punch thing. So Jazz Tavanga comes fine, and Jazz Tavanga looks like he wants to kill people all the time. He's just <laughs> he's that sort of bloke. He's just a tough footballer, and he's come in and he's tackled Philip Sami the winger, and Philip Sami's got up laughing. Right mm. now, having a winger laughing when he's been wasn't tackled, it Selesniak who tackled him? Yeah, no, he was no. In, he was there as well. They're all in it, but he so davanga has gone okay. and grabbed him, and then he's laughing. And if it was your era, if a winger's laughing at a at a, a you know, hooker straight back row, he wears one straight on the chin. So that's yeah. the whole thing. Now he can get up and go, huh, "This is funny." It's yeah. not funny when you got Marco Lally. Yeah, I know, mate, I, I love it because like these guys. Uh, nutbags, front rowers and that, man. We're all cut from a different cloth. You mm. want that You want that action, you know what I mean? And you want to impose your will on these other front rowers. And if, you got, if a guy like Lodge and, and Kane Evans and all these blokes, they're about that sort of shit. You, you take that away from them, this is what's going to happen. Then you put them in COVID, then you got to think of the whole, what, yeah, the bubble. The whole bubble, the whole yeah, society, awful, hanging out yeah. with fucking football players 24-7 would drive me wild. You know what I mean? We used to go in there just so when we played, used to train, go out and do your own thing. Come back, train, then we play all that sort of shit 24-7 with these fuckers. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love playing with most of my fucking guys that I play with, but some, I can't deal with some bl so, blokes 24-7, yeah, man. I'm surprised there wasn't more fights. or In-house. Even a murder. <laughs> Seriously. Well, Jared Wallace and Matt Lodge, have, I, I like that they've actually, that they're not trying to hide from the fact that they had a stink on the Send field. Send the location. Nor should they? That's what he said. Send like sign the contract. Sign the contract. Same <laughs> shit. Send the location. But he was sitting there, and Lodge was looking on the side. It'd be, it'd be like what him. I did with um, with the celebrity, um, not celebrity thing, the, the fight thing that I had with Sam Friday. That, He's a celebrity on Nick Li on Nick that? Livermore's sort of thing on his fight card. That's what they want to do. Well, apparently, Wallace can throw him. Yeah, it'd be a good fight. Yeah. Wallace is good. So hey, 
Lodge. Go I'd, get it, Lodge. You know Lodge is a lunatic. And, and it's, it's not a street from. fight. I think Lodge, Lodge wants street fights. He was wearing <laughs> no, no, no gloves, bare knuckle. Bare knuckle. <laughs> he was in the he car park. He was headgear and about 40, <laughs> 24 yeah. ounce gloves. The old um, kickboxer with the glass. <laughs> jelly beans. <laughs> jelly beans <laughs> and caramels. Just kicking a tree. Oh, look, it's, uh, it's got here quick rap final round. But I don't remember any of the games. Uh, is there anything you'd like, Rennie? You're the uh, you're the special guest. Is there anything from the last round that you would like to discuss? We had a few good games. I can't remember what they Who were. Played? Raiders Roosters played on Friday night. Mm. Uh, that was a non-event. Um, <laughs> Do we want to fucking actually? Look there at was. This up? Uh, you know what I found when I was at home? I wasn't swearing as much. Now, no, stop swearing. Oh, I'm stop swearing. Sorry. No, because you're excited. You're yeah, an excited. excited. That's what I've found with this whole lockdown these last ten weeks. Every day's morphed into the same day, so I'm forgetting when, what round was what and mm. what happened last week and what game. Was and you've been injured for. as well. Well, this was the game. They had That's rested. They all had the rested. So it was the yeah, rested. That, that so sense? they had. They all had the rested. They had the rested. Okay, it's a thing. Yeah, that's it. Perfect English. Right. So para Penrith was should have been See? a good game. And para rested all the players. Yeah, they had the rested. Mm. Then you had Melbourne. Melbourne Storm pumped some. Melbourne Storm and Cronulla. Yeah, Cronulla disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. South. Yeah, well, Smack that's our wrap anyway. That's pretty good wrap. <laughs> that was like, good. I'm going. I'm actually on the. Let's just go to the semis. <laughs> Who cares? No, the Let's Knights. I'll back. tell you. I want to tell you. The Knights. Yeah. Resting players. The game. Like the round before, they got absolutely pumped, and now their momentum gone because they rested players. Yeah, don't like I don't it. think so. Because you got a whole new like their attitude is different because they know they're going to have the Saifidi brothers back and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't. I wouldn't be um, sweating on that game. Eels win. By a lot. There you go. He was Heard be good, mate. He was be good. Uh, all right. So, William, mm -hmm. you obviously watched every game. because I do. That's yep. what I do. And so, it's as a job. result, we're going to go straight into your big, big boys. boys. Willie's big boy. Still funny. I was, I was looking at my phone, but look, it's, it's right behind you. <laughs> I can't turn my head that far. Anyway, it was always good to watch the big boys play on this weekend, on last weekend. But um, I was sort of, I mean, if people who listen to the show, they know how I pick. And it's not about like just your, your meat original, that kind of bullshit. Um, it's about the starts of the games, the other forward pack, how they're, they're traveling, the, the caliber of the forward pack. I don't, give a, I don't give a shit if they're coming last or first or whatever. So... My one point goes to uh, Moakai Fotoaka because he played outstanding. And there was a lot on this game. Regardless if they won 44-0, they had to win by seven points. So there was a lot of pressure on these kids. And he played outstanding. He was a young, he's only a young kid. I think he's played nearly 100 games already. I think he's a young Tongan kid, well over 150 metres, like 90% efficiency in defence, like 16, 17 hit-ups. He was a monster. And he played about 64 minutes. So that was outstanding. And then Big Tino, he's... The lock, pretty much the third front rower up there. Jared Wallace, you got Fodawaka and you got uh, Big Tino just on the back of that. He's a big boy, man. I remember seeing him after the game, the Origin game. He's he's a he's a beast. I think he played about 65, 65 minutes in the middle. Um, about, I think, 25, 30 tackles. His efficiency is outstanding. He brings all that stuff from Melbourne and well over 100, you know, about 150 metres, like quality stuff because he doesn't take kickoffs. So this kid is just making it straight through the middle. And uh, three points goes to Moses Leota because that game, the amount of hatred betw between Penrith and Parramatta is, is unbelievable. And I thought Fisher-Harris played outstanding, but they only played Fisher-Harris about, 
I think about 30 minutes, he just put holes all through him. But Leota took it right on. He played about 50 minutes and was an absolute monster. So he's like, that attack that they've got out at Penrith is going to be outstanding. But he's, he, was, he was unbelievable. Even though that, you know, Parramatta rested a few of their forwards, they were still up for this game, especially early. And Fisher-Harris really didn't, but that, the, the, the one-two punch, Leota. So he, um, he deserves three. He's been outstanding all year. Just because Fisher-Harris just keeps taking all the points. Well, I think... The best thing about today was when you sent through, they asked, the producer asked for the three, two, ones, and then you put it two first and then one and then three, and it's just so confusing. You are the most confusing human being ever, but... Thank you. uh, (laughs) The leaderboard as it stands now, and there are only now finals games to go. So Payne Haas Mm. is on 21 votes. He cannot get any more. Votes than that. And so, he would have got three because he was well on his way. If you're watching what he did against Newcastle yeah, in 25 yeah. minutes, it was it would have been a monstrosity. Well, he's injured <laughs> now, so he and he's out anyway because the Broncos came second last. James Fisher-Harris is on 17 votes, so he mm. will need to get points. Presumably, they're going to have two or three more games. So he's got a chance. Yep. Junior Paulo, he needs five to get past Payne Haas and he's going to have to do it real quick because they're a chance of going out in straight sets, I think. Yeah. But um, anyway, he's he's got 16. So the Eels need to win. So it's 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 very tight at the yeah, top. it's good. Between those three big boys, as we have said, they will get beers from Young Henry's and they will get burgers from Bondi Tony's. One thing that I would like to point out um, is that we're going to be having giveaways all through the finals. The finals are a very – they're a wonderful time of year, aren't they, Ren? Great time. And so if you like us on Instagram, if you like us on Facebook, um, you've got a chance to win. We've got a heap of stuff to give away. We've got beer. We've got burgers. Um, when Greg Inglis was on the show, I think you would remember that he has got a new company called Strive by GI. He's got some of the best T-shirts going around. We have got a heap of them. And we will be giving them away in a range of different sizes. Um, for that big fat bloke at the Titans, we've got a couple of triple uh, XLs for him. Don't fat shame him. He was good dancing. Hey? What do you mean he fat shame? Yeah. Did you see him dancing? He, he should have got your points. <laughs> uh, he was outstanding. He was great. I think he should come up again next week. I think they're playing again. So, mm. um, so in the grand final, we're going to give away a pair of uh, these headphones as well, thanks to Yamaha. You should be um, a model for him. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, it's covering my filthy ear. They've got the operation on it. So it's probably a good thing. So stay stay in touch with us. Get on Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of it. Um, we'll be advertising all the prizes we're giving away. We're giving away a heap of stuff. Some bloke just said stop giving stuff to footballers because they can't drink piss during the year. And he's raised a good point. So we'll give some young Henrys away to all <laughs> of you up, people. <laughs> That's all right. what I say. That takes us to... It used to be my favourite time of the show, but then I can't win a bet, so I've lost interest in this. But yeah. thanks to bettingsite.com.au. Harold, welcome, son. You finished your baby food? Baby food's all done, ready to talk football bets. Excellent. So <laughs> we've got – how much have we got in the kitty? We've got $4,355 in the kitty. Uh, we all went close last week. We all went very close last week. Um, when I say we went very close, I think I got one leg right. So that was good. But I was out on Thursday night. This not we, literally, just a bit. You can't go out. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna start with myself because I'm clearly the most important person at this desk. But 
I have gone, I've gone a mixture bet again because I'm confident the Wallabies are going to not get flogged by South Africa. So they've got nine and a half start. I've got the Storm and the Panthers. Shut your mouth right now. The Storm and the Panthers head to head. Brian To'o to score a try because he just scores tries. And the Titans against my Roosters, I don't think they are going to get flogged. So I've taken them with 11 and a half. Okay. So we tally that up at $10.42 at Ladbrokes. They're going to give you that. Oh, no. um, where are Ian, where are the Wallabies playing? Is that in Oz? Yeah, they're up. So South Africa are out, and so we're all up in Queensland now. So they're all playing up in Queensland. And Australia's very oh, good well, in I love Queensland. That. I love that nine. Yeah, I love that nine and a half start then. Absolutely. Yep, good. Um, yeah, 10 bucks is very South good Af- up there. South Africa the best in the world? Not anymore. Australia are. They just <laughs> Anthony Seabold's having it. Oh he's gone to so they're that, like better Seabold's, than the Wallabies, aren't they? No, Seabold. Well, not. I nine, mean, the, the All Blacks. Not nine and a half better. Yeah, I so, thirty. Look, Why are you first, so negative? Yeah, first two legs of that big time into it. Titans a little bit on the fence, but I think that's a risk worth taking to get ten dollars and forty cents. So that'll bring like us. It. That'll bring us five hundred dollars, and we need it desperately. Easy. Yeah. All, All right. right let's mine. hear Williams. Uh, I've got Manly Seagulls at the line. Uh, Gold Coast Titans at the line, South Sydney at the line, and Para head to head. That's me. Done. You're getting Simple. so much better at reading these out. Now. I know. That's all, all I've right. been practicing. Ladbrokes have, Ladbrokes have jumped in again and given Willie $11.20. So mainly at the eight and a half start, I think that's a crack out of a leg. Again, on the fence with the Titans. The Rabbitohs will keep it really close, 11 and a half. That, that's way overs for them. And then the Eels should realistically take care of business, even if Ray Stone is their starting hooker. Yeah. <laughs> that is a worry. He tackles good. I don't think they're asking yeah. much more from him. He hits hard. I'll tell well, you what, Ladbrokes are obviously doing very, very well out of having Mark Wahlberg doing those stupid ads because they're, they're providing Man. wonderful. Yeah. Lots, lots of money. Yeah, lots of money. All right, so the producer, this, this again reeks of desperation. He'll, and you know what? He'll start raving on about how Tom Hanks should have kicked six goals or something last week. I don't care about it. He was too busy <laughs> with Wilson. He was cast away. So he's gone Melbourne 1-39. to 39. What a low game, that 1-39. to 39. Anyway, Christian Petrarca to kick two goals. Western Bulldogs and Adam Trelaw, anytime goal kicker. I've heard of Adam Trelaw, so I like this bet now. What are we getting? And yeah, who- you're all over it. Yep. Look, and for good reason. Ladbrokes, thirty dollars and ninety three cents. They Warburg. are offering Warburg this. Again. That's a lot. It'll of come money. out of Warburg. That'll come out of Warburg's back pocket in his uh, laundry basket. <laughs> He's, you know, what he turned up, got paid six million dollars to do two stupid ads that no one in America will ever see. That is the best gig of all time. Oh, if you wouldn't be doing that, hundred percent. Like being a pop star in Japan. <laughs> Willie was almost big in Japan. Huge. <laughs> almost signed. <laughs> Uh, now, Harold, I can see now why you're a bit iffy about the two Titans bets, and I feel like you might be talking out of your back pocket. But anyway, explain your bet to us. Um, I think that game will be close in some parts, and the Titans will be really competitive, but there's just still enough class in that Roosters side that when the going gets tough, they'll be able to put the foot down. And as you've seen under 2021 rules, 
13, 12, 13 points is just not that much. Like to get beat by 18 or 20 points isn't that big of a deal anymore. So that's just my, th- I, I just think it will blow out slightly rather than the Titan keep it close for the full 80. But I do think that they're in the market for at least 60 minutes. I think they'll be really competitive. That's my thought. Well, what price have you got? Because from what I can well, see here, I'm again, right, so my price is the lowest again. <laughs> so that's good. Mark Wahlberg has run out of money. So I've had to go to sports bet for this one. $38.44 for the Storm 1 to 12. Roosters 13 plus. Panthers 13 plus. Bit of a risk, but we're going there. And the Eels 1 to 12. Yeah, well, there we go. I actually, I've got some sort of envy now <laughs> looking at some of these bigger bets. So I'm used to looking at things bigger than my own and getting sad. But yeah. now here we are again. Now, can I just say, Harry, that this is probably Rennie. If we win. Yes. This is, I love rent. I've always loved rent, but this bet is just, I would like to consider myself quite a, quite a, uh, an accomplished punter, Harry, but this is just outstanding. You think Ren. it's pretty obvious, isn't it? No, I love it. I love, I've never seen this before and I'm just so impressed. Anyway, continue. I can't believe, I cannot believe this price. Great cannot, price. This should be way shorter. It should be. So uh, yeah. what, I'll read it out. I'll read it out because Rand's got starstruck looking at me. I think, but he's gone. <laughs> these are all. Out? You want to read it? out? Oh, you want to read it out? Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, sorry, mate. I thought. Like, what the fuck he's looking at each other for? Like, Do you want me to read it out? No, we'll all I read, can't it. read it. You out. can't read it. No, out. No, it just I, means. I, okay, I'll just read it. I'll read it. Out. What it means. All right, I've got the storm to win with Tommy Turbo scoring at any time. Roosters to win with Fafita scoring any time. Uh, Penrith to win with Brian Dottall to score any time and the Eels to win with Blake Ferguson to score any time. And the genius of this, for those at home that want to get involved through bettingsite.com.au, is that they are four same-game multis. So he's taken short prices, he's multiplied the short prices into longer prices and then he's combined them in a multi. I just (laughs) think that everyone... Is that even possible? Yeah, it is. Well, it's, it's Rennie possible, so... <laughs> that just blew my head off. Yeah, I, I know. I didn't you don't understand I one thing I just I said. I was not listening. Harry, what price are we getting? Look, I almost fell over when I saw this price. Ladbrokes, again, $54.49 um, for that combination. Unbelievable. Yeah, like, Let's go. Some of my bets last year. Ren, have you, you put this first. on yourself? Yeah, I put it on myself. Yes. You're just cut and paste whatever <laughs> we said. Just put your bets in. Oh, I've already got that on. So... <laughs> The producers put it on too, so that's just stopped. It he'd stop fail at. But this is um this is now this has turned into the most lucrative week in the take history, yeah. I think. All right. Are you confident, Harry? In Rennie's bet, absolutely. I think I think it's a good thing. So do I. I like it. I love it, actually. Yeah. I like it. Love it. All right. Well, thanks, mate. We uh we have got forty three hundred bucks in the kitty. We're gonna have about ten million dollars after this week, but <laughs> Um, again, our the entries are coming through thick and fast. We've we'll be going through all of that. But if you're a if you're a club or if you're a young kid watching this, well, don't watch the show because Willie swears a lot. But if you're a parent, encourage your child or yourself to start putting in the entries because we will be giving away a big heap of cash. And if this gets up, it'll be a lot more than we are at now. But we're still going. We're raising money thanks to bettingsite.com.au and thanks to you, Harry. 
We'll speak to you next week, mate. Thanks, Harry. Look, hopefully we're a couple of thousand bucks richer by the time we speak next week. So enjoy the football. Thanks very much. Hi, Tiana from the Green Room Podcast here. Join me with an exclusive backstage pass featuring in-depth conversations and a bunch of personal and crazy stories from around the world. With some of the biggest names in music, film, comedy and everything in between, these definitely aren't your average interviews. Come join me in the Green Room. Presented by the Handshake Agency, check it out at thepodcast.com.au. And remember, guys, to gamble responsibly, all right? <laughs> that was the worst one you've ever done. It <laughs> <laughs> was not believable at all. Yeah, just gamble responsibly. It's not hard. Ren does. Yeah, look at Ren. He's yeah. ridiculously responsible. All right. So now... Going multis into other multis, sub-multis. <laughs> it's a fucking matrix where you just explain that. It is uh, actually the matrix. What are you talking about? Yeah. everyone do it? Fucking, everyone does it. What did you do? Can you explain it? This is what happens when you grow up in Maroubra. Yeah, just bets. It's well, I haven't won all year, so... Yeah, well, I've won three times. Great. What have you won? Oh, wow. Four times, I think, you've won, actually. <laughs> so let's go into the finals games. There is two of the greatest players ever to play the game of rugby league sitting on my left and my right here, and we are blessed to have their insight uh, into these games of football. Now, I hope these games are in order. I've got no idea what yeah, order they're in. So what we're going to do – oh, here we go. Yep, they're in order. No, they're not. I'll work that out later. The first game, though, is the Storm versus Manly. What we are going to do is we are going I'm going to, I'm going to give each of you a team and you're going to tell me why they're going to win. So okay. let's, start let's, with, let's start with the Storm versus Manly. So the Storm are raging hot favourites against the Manly side that just has got Tom Travojevic the end. Ren, why are the Storm going to win? They've been there and done it before. The experience in that side, and, and they're all class. I think the biggest thing for me is having Munster back. You, you remember what he did last year? He went on a three-day bender and won an <laughs> Origin Series. So <laughs> he's a big game player. Uh, obviously missing the last round through, was it was it an infection in his knee? Yeah. yeah. He just stands up to the occasion. It doesn't matter if he misses a week. It doesn't matter if he's got COVID. He'll still turn up and play a great game. You know, like he's, he's that competitive naturally gifted, plays off the cuff, old school footballer that I don't think they necessarily need him for this game. I mean, Nico Hines could slip into six for this one off, but to win the premiership, I think they need Munster in there. And that's why I think they'll be too good. This this is just to beat Manly. Just to beat Manly. I think there's too much experience, too much class. I do think they've regressed fractionately. Yeah, fractionally. Fractionately. Since um, Pappenhausen did come back, I thought they sort of lost their sort of flow, their rhythm a little bit when they didn't know Nico, Pappenhausen. But the back end of the Storm game last week, Pappenhausen sort of found his timing. So they'll build off the back of that. He'd be far better for this, this game. He's building towards something special and he's got to probably peak in the next sort of week or two. Yeah. All right. uh, so that's why Melbourne will beat Manly. All right, my argument is obviously I need the, the Eagles to win. They sort of showed glimpses in that uh, it was around just a twenty-two, and they 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 spread on on the storm, and then what happened was they got stuck on an edge, and they didn't have the players to come off that edge. So your centers are like Brad Parker and Morgan Harper. So just say if it gets to one of those kids, it goes to Saab or Garrick on one of those edges. 
Melbourne are not fearful of those two guys. So what needs to happen is your edge back roles, whether it be whether it be the Olakuatu or Josh Schuster, they need to shift it from the edge. So wherever they land on that quick shift to try and move their middles around, try and disarray their, their whole middles, you can't go winger in or centre in straight back into the ruck because Melbourne will be ready for that and they'll squash you, they'll pick you up, they'll drive you back, five-second five play the ball, lose the whole momentum of the set. So when you have a switch, when you have a crack at them, they need to come back with the, whoever the right side back row is, Schuster or, or Olakowatu. They're the ones who need to be working with their front rowers and have combinations where they can get off an edge, where if it be a two-pass or even a three-pass back to around near the middle. So then you're talking, then you can, then Cherry Evans can pick whatever side he wants to pick, either down the left edge or the right edge. So you can have a 6-4 split instead of a 5-5 all the time. So if you understand what I'm saying, 5 this side, 5 that side, 2 markers, fullback. That's 13 players. You want to be on the sort of left side of the post where you can have a 6-4. And then you can, then you can play football again. Instead of being jammed in on that, on that wing or the other side with your two not that good explosive sort of players, Ruben Garrick, and Saab, or even the centers, aren't that great. You know what I mean? They need to be connecting with their middle guys and bash them through, not through the middle of the ruck, just on the edge, and then you can play football again. Consistency, doing that the whole game, kicking game, tackling good, it's just, it, it takes the perfect game to beat Melbourne. And Manly, will be, Manly has that team. They need to execute it, and their defense needs to be on point. They need everything right, because they did it for about 50 or 60 minutes and they slipped off. I reckon if you look at, and you sort of said that on the weekend in a tweet that, you know, he should essentially be Tom Turbo. Tom Turbo, he basically give him the Dally M, the Churchill, the Golden Boot, Everything. every every award that they've ever involved yeah. in rugby league, make him Prime Minister. Ren, if you're the Storm and you're sitting in video sessions and you're the coach, how much of your sort of game review is trying to work out Trebojevic? Because essentially... You can't stop a bloke that is on a run like this. He's just you, – you, you just can't. So how much – how do you, as a coach, how do you protect around what Tom Trebojevic is doing? I think the IQ of Turbo's – the knowledge that he has for the game of rugby league, he can't really coach against that. He's turning up everywhere. There's not a preferred side. There's not a preferred uh, hole that he's running. He's mm. just absolutely everywhere. So the best thing Melbourne can do is just concentrate on them, mm. stick to their systems, turn up for each other, make their tackles, making sure they're effective in their defence. I don't think he'll be putting too much focus. Obviously, there'll be an emphasis on Turbo, but they won't be out there just to, to, to focus on Turbo alone. The, he's a definitely an indicator, right? Whatever side the you know Turbo's on, the, port, the ball's probably going that way. But that's where Des can bring a little trick out, you know, out of the bag and go, we're going away from Tom. We're going to use him as a decoy and take a short side. Cherry Evans is good enough. He's got yeah. good leg speed to take short sides. Um, they have to have the perfect game, Manly. Um, when, and to go off what, what Mace is saying is you really need to disrupt the rhythm and flow of the Melbourne defensive line. They don't like a little bit of shift. They, they fill the space. They will scramble and they will scramble hard. So you need to – obviously, you're never going to match them in a, in a grind – They'll beat any team from. But in saying that, Ren, you know how like you we get we go. Let's have a shift on them, and it's like it's what you do after the shift. Am you, I right? Like you, you don't you, just go straight back in the middle. You got to fucking play footy again, play footy. and then you might settle one, and then you got to go again. You can't just be like get to an edge, move them around, because every team doesn't like a you, fucking shift. You got to you got to offload second yeah. phase play. Have a like look at Parramatta. Parramatta did that 
to Melbourne. And everyone's thinking, oh, well, well, Parra showed the blueprint to beat Melbourne. Melbourne were a little bit off, but give credit to Parramatta because they ran hard, they had a shift, but what they were doing off the ball and the movement they had around the back and how hard Nathan Brown was running, how hard Paula was running in Papali'i, all over 150 metres, straight through the middle of it. Straight through the middle. So that's how you got it. You just got to keep dinting them and dinting them, completing your sets, getting to the kick, bashing Pappenhausen. Because, I mean, like, I know Pappenhausen, he's like, he gets tapped a little. He's like a boxer. You tap him a little bit, he's fucked. Yeah. And you don't think that talk's going in. They don't intentionally, gonna, they, they're not going to intentionally hurt Pappenhausen with high shots, but their body contact and shit like that, hips into the back, into their, into their head, that's happening. Mm. It's a fucking contact sport. You know what I mean? They, don't, they won't feel bad about it. You take that kid out, your whole game comes, you, you, a whole, the whole thing comes aboard, you know, like I, everything's yeah. just... I don't think Melbourne's a clear-cut winner here. No. I think Manly can, can upset them. Um, you know, they're, in, they're not fearful of Melbourne. You know, there's been that rivalry for a long time. They're up for they this They hate game. Melbourne. Absolutely. And Melbourne saying, well, how to tackle Tom Trebojevic, I think, I think they need to cut down the people that get the ball to Tom. And I think... Melbourne is the best at cutting that out. They'll cut down Cherry Evans and they'll cut che- Jake Chaboyevich's time off. The inside pressure from their middles, big uh, Solomona and Bromwich and Brandon Smith, how quickly he'll get to Cherry Evans to try and limit that pass. If they know that they see Turbo on that, that edge, he's going to go right. They'll put so much pressure on so they can get early ball to foreign or whatever it is or whatever side. It's going to be at the foreign or DCE to p- put up plan B. Uh, and Tur- that's what, what sorry, Tur- what Turbo's doing as well. He's he, he's creating damage out of yardage. Yes. So he'll take a run off, a carry off the ruck, yeah. get him behind your marker. So if you're not set at A and B defender, and Turbo's coming onto it. He yeah. he'll get the roll rucking, the ruck rolling. Yeah. And then back up on the fourth. And another the thing, because like how demeaning is it when you kick to Turbo in the first like set, and he runs straight at your biggest bloke and finds his hands and knees. <laughs> he's yeah. fucking six he, foot four and one hundred eight kilo muscles everywhere. And quick and skill set, you just got to manage Turbo. You effective. cannot beat him. You know what I mean? He's going. Turbo's going to be Turbo one or one or two times. You just got to manage that sort of stuff and don't give him all those opportunities around the ruck. He springs up no out of nowhere near the line, gets a short ball, and he just jams straight over your biggest bloke. Mm. And it's I think to me, it's demoralising it for is. these middles, mate. I was in the middle. If you fullbacks run over at one of our biggest, oh my god. You know the I mean? thing, you're, you're the thing as well, Will, like I don't reckon I've ever seen this. It's partially the new rules, but you look at the speed of the game now and you're seeing the the most involved fullbacks, your Tedesco's and your Trebojevic's and your Kalen Pongers, they are, they're taking those second or third Tough hit hits, tough hits. And they're coming in and they're trying to get in behind the marker. And if they get in behind, you're gone yep. because they're just so quick and they just have, they've got runners off them. And, but if, you, and if you don't attack, and if you don't get up off the line, you'll get in trouble off your coach or you're offside mm. because the ruck is happening so quick. Mm. So on that third or fourth tackle, he'll identify all this sort of stuff. He'll get straight behind the ruck, knowing that you haven't gotten back on the third or fourth tackle. Bang, six to go. So who wins? I don't know now. I've given you. I don't know. You've used talked yourself into Melbourne. I just talked myself into Melbourne, yeah. but I'll back Melbourne. I think. I think Melbourne. I just think Melbourne because Melbourne and Melbourne. I think they don't want to run into Manly. On no, the on no. the just say if they get beat and they don't want to run into again if if it's a close game. I just think um, I think Storm will get them now. I think they'll try and make a statement. Well, they won't. They'd have to play again in the grand final now. And you're going against Bellamy as well. And the man of uh, the. The amount of stuff that he does, the work, the homework that he does on all these all these players, especially Turbo. Missing Adokar's huge too. Yeah. you yeah. got rookie wingers, mate. you got rookie wingers. And Adokar's a gun defender. You don't think they'll be going down their right edge on Turbo? You know what mm. I mean? Like, that's where they got him before. Turbo played outstanding. Not outstanding, but 
He played he played in that left his left edge there right. Remus mm. Smith turn in, turn in. He hasn't got that combination. Mm. All right. So game two. Game two is at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville. Uh, and it's the Roosters against the Titans. This game's actually um I don't know. The Roosters the Roosters are fairly hot favourites. I feel very much like um the Roosters have they have overperformed given their injuries. But I don't know, Ren. How can you see the Roosters just getting over the line in this game, or do you think it could be a blowout? No, I look, I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people giving Titans credit for. What's that? 101 to win the premiership. All right, what are they paying to win this game? So $4. Roosters are a dollar twenty five and the Titans are four dollars. Having JWH come back, there's your leader. Victor Radley, there's your link in attack between Hutchison and Walker. He gives another element of of, of offense. Uh, he pokes his nose through. And defensively, we all know what he can do defensively. If you get in an arm wrestle with the Roosters, Titans won't be able to stay with them. Obviously, we've seen this year how much they like to throw the ball around. So they need to score a lot of points. I like Egan Butcher. There's a few young kids at the Roosters that have really stepped up and had to step up. And it's... I think it's quite incredible that they finished fifth this year, given all the injuries. Local juniors had. too. There you Good go. to see local juniors and coming that's, through. That, that's that's very re- uh, rewarding for Robbo to see who his next stars are, and like it's JWH won't be around forever. No. Um, so he's got a good, you know, good kids coming through, and they're 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 a good club. They've built a great foundation, you know. So I um, look, I, I think the Roosters will be too strong. Do you well, like Sam Walker on the bench? Who's playing half? Lamb. Lamb. Lamb, yeah. Lamb and Hutchison. Um, no, not really. You I either pick him or you don't. Yeah, don't you? I, I think you keep um, Walker at seven. Um, I think he brings a little bit more than, than Lammy. However, I can see that Robbo is probably gone with experience coming into a finals. He's only 18. He's an 18-year-old. And no one's expects much from the Roosters. So they're just going... I don't think there's that much pressure on them either. They're going out there to play footy and see what happens. They just keep winning too. Yeah. So um, William, let's let's give you the Titans. Why will the Titans win? And don't say because Dave Fafita's on the bench. No, that's I'm, I'm still against that. That's Same. bullshit. Um, I just think they've struggled all year. Like they've been inconsistent. But you give them one chance where it's the, you put all your car, put all your money in. I reckon they can get this game. If everybody plays to their to their um, potential, and I just think they've got game they got game winners. That little dude, man, Jaden Campbell. You got Tyron Peachy. Fogarty's been playing outstanding since um, the other little Ash Taylor play. Ash Taylor's been out. Well, you said on the weekend yourself that like when, when, he's, when he's been allowed stuff. to run, you like know that forward, that forward pack. You know, you're talking Wallace Origin, Fodawaker Origin, Kevy Proctor, play for New Zealand. Tino play played Origin. You know, they've all playing. Pretty big games, and Bo Firm has been been outstanding. He's still keeping David Feeder out. Jolly's Sam Lasoni is the difference when he comes off the bench because yeah, he actually good. ball plays. So he gets a lot of their middles like Tino and all that running a little bit wider, playing some football, like playing some actual football. He gets those block shapes and he starts hitting his middles. So they're being really good. Aaron Clark's a great defensive player. They've got the team there. Don't I mean I'm not I'm not doubting the Roosters at all because I think their team is still outstanding. If you look at that four pack, Hargraves, Takiaho. Crichton, Tupanua, Victor Adley, Sam Verrills. It's outstanding. But they've just they've limped into the finals. And I just think the Titans, you give them one game and you go, all right, 
boys just go and play football. There's no pressure on you at all. And, and even going off from last week, there was pressure on them last week, 44-0 they want. This game, I think they're going to get... It's going to be an upset. I just reckon they've got that team and they're playing with confidence and they're a confidence team. When they're going all right, man, things are flying for the... And I just think they've got that one upset in them. I don't think they'll go any further, but they've got that one upset. They'll be yeah. up there. They're playing up there. They'll have a home crowd. And I just... I think they, if they're going to do it now, they can really make, you know, to 2021, they could salvage it. It won't be a disappointment. Yeah, I think... I think they thought at the start when they've got Tino and they've got, um, you know, Fafita, yeah, we'll make top four, we'll make top eight. It'll be pretty easy. It's fucking harder than you think. They just you limped know? in. They limped in. Mm. And now it's like, you know, we can really salvage this year. We can get to the second round of the playoffs. We can beat the Roosters. Roosters, on the other hand, be thinking, fucking hell, thank God this season's over. We can go into next year because they know they, they can't win the comp. No, the Roosters. I just don't think they have that belief like, yep, they had Boyd Cornered and Jake Friend. And the two Morris brothers, you and know, Luke all Keary. playing, and Luke Keary and Joseph Manu. And then you're talking. Mm. You lose those names, you can't tell me that confidence doesn't drop. You can say whatever you want in the media. You can do all this sort of shit, but I can see all behind those smoke yeah. screens, mate. I think you're spot on with that. You've got two different uh, contrasting um, mentalities going into this game. Like mm. if you're a Roosters bike, you've been at the top for, for yeah. three, four all years those kids in a row, have killed it, man. and then all the all your marquee players are out. As soon as it gets hard, there's a little voice in the yeah. back of the going, fuck this. We're, we've we're, done well we're, to be here. Where the Titans this. are like, Titans are like, fuck, we deserve to be here and we're going to prove it wrong. They're all young. And they're all young kids. Finals, in finals and they're going, oh my God, we've got 30,000 here. Different mindset. You get these kids off to a good start. Good luck, Roosters. They're an aging side. Yeah. Speaking of uh, sides that are missing players... Latrell Mitchell is a huge out mm. for the Rabbitohs, Ren. And and obviously the Panthers and the Rabbitohs, it's two versus three. It's 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 two of the heavyweights of the comp. Um I, I don't know how the Rabbitohs would go if they had Latrell Mitchell, but they will do better with Latrell Mitchell than they do without. And so Absolutely. that X factor against his Panthers side, tell me why you think the Rabbitohs can still win. Oh God! Um, Ooh, good luck, eh? Tough one with because the of the junior coaching, the pl the young yeah, because coaches. I got because the he coaches the, the young exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes, I was yeah. going to say that. Yeah. I was going to say that, but you, you beat me. Look, for South to win, it's going to come down to Reynolds. I think Reynolds has to kick him to death, put it into touch as much as he can, because they've shown two or three weeks ago that as soon as they got tough and it got into an arm wrestle, they crumbled, and then Penrith were just putting it on to Mansell, putting it on to Dime every time. They don't – they'll come out and start fast, South. They've definitely got the attacking ability. That's one thing about at South is their structure, their – when they pull the trigger and pull those plays off, they're probably the best attacking team in the comp, do you think? Yeah, I agree. They've got the most um, – That left edge is phenomenal. That left edge, it's amazing. But even when they go right, it yeah. might be not as, as smooth as the left side, but for me it comes down to Reynolds. And, and it's I just think he needs to disrupt – the momentum and put it into touch as much as he can. Play a patient, play the long game, play, play, play uh, extremely patiently, and and just, just hope that they don't sort of build any momentum, Penrith, because they're just ruthless in every aspect of the game. Penrith and Melbourne are ruthless in all areas of the game. They kick chase, they kick pressure, their third man in, not blokes not getting caught to the ground and marker, Cleary putting in the corner time after time after time. They can't get bored of that South. They can't think, oh, we need points. We're going to pull, pull, uh, just pass it wide every time. 
just kick to the quarters, kick them to death. And I think that's the only chance I can sort of give them for winning this game because Penrith are just class across the park. So Reynolds is the key for me. So, William, you get the easy one. Yeah. Why are Penrith going to win? It would be a lot easier. That they're it, better. It would be a lot easier. It would be a lot harder if Latrell was playing because he has that X factor and he's just a gun. As soon as he's out and you put Blake Laffy Taffy in, I don't know. Like, I just think just it just goes backwards. Um, I think Penrith win. They just keep doing what they do. They would have got that much confidence out of beating them last time when they were full strength. They were playing nine or ten games in a row. They were going for that win. And Penrith come out there. That was it, 10 nil at 12 start, nil, 12 yeah. nil. Had a really good start. And then Penrith come back, scored 25 unanswered points. Having And that was out without Fisher-Harris. You know what I mean? Or, and Tavita Pangai Jr., who's been outstanding for two or three weeks. You know what I mean? So... I just think their their side is just class. They don't stop. Fisher Harris is just an absolute beast. He played twenty eight minutes or thirty minutes against He's the best Parramatta. front row in the game. Him, him Payne Hearts are the best front rowers yeah. in the game. I, I think best, they do they sure. do so much and they do so much off the ball. They work hard in defence. They work hard in attack, and I just think their bench is like Mitch Kenny, who's been playing outstanding. Spencer Lienu, Pangai Junior, and Liam Martin. Liam Martin's an origin an origin player. Can't get a starting position. In a team. Mm. Well, tell me, both of you can probably explain this a little bit better, but Penrith had a a real drop. So they came out of the blocks a million miles an hour and, and then they, they ended up going so well that they had a huge amount of players but they had playing like Origin. Key, like right? Toto and, and Luai come out of Origin. They, but they that's what I'm saying, Will. So, so after Origin, you've both been in a team that was so dominant there was a huge amount of rep players, including the mm. both of yourselves. What's that drop like? Like you come back from a game, like you come back from Origin campaign, and, and blokes are, are tired and they've been through it, and it, you know it is very difficult yeah. to get your seasons back on you honestly, track. You honestly just try and rely on the younger players trying to get you through. Like I did that. I was just like I knew Sonny Bill and like Rennie and Roy and all these younger kids were just like biting it to try and to get starting positions to do everything. And they were coming in, and they took it easily. So we had, we just had depth. They've had good depth as well, Penrith. Even, but they haven't had really great depth in the halves. But like, you just got to make do. And they kept on winning their games. They one game off. What were they joint minor premiers? Mm. And that's and they dropped about three or four games that they should have won. Maybe not that many, but like a one or two. And I just think you know you just you do rely on those younger kids, and they've done that. And they've gotten through and they're playing some outstanding football right where it matters. They knew they were going to cop a loss for about three or four weeks with um, with Jerome Luai and Toto out and Fisher-Harris. And they just had to maintain, get some other young, get some bench plays, some starting minutes, and then they drop them back to the bench. Now everyone's ready to roll. They are ready to roll. You, you see that last week. You could, they rested a couple of people. But Fisher-Harris needed that sort of start. Mm. And then Luai was outstanding. But Luai needs to be... Clini- he's got to be clinical. What he does, yeah, they've come. They have come he's good at the man. right time. So yeah, by Bath. All right, the last game is. Well, this is your old. Well, two of your old clubs. Yeah. The Eels against the Knights. Rennie, you can pick the Eels because you had some time with the Parramatta side, and William, you can have the Knights. Yeah. Uh, because you played up there for three years before Rick Stone saw the light. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And wanted to win like wooden spoons. (laughs) So, Ren, why can Parramatta win? This is a good game, this. I like this game. 
Yeah, I just think, you know, you've got uh, Junior Paulo coming back from suspension. Was he out for a week? No, he just got rested. You sure he wasn't yeah. suspended? Fact check. No, 100% I'm right. Uh, <laughs> RCG, fact, I don't fact check, mate. Um, I was, you know, even Papa Lee. I mean, they should, if they're serious contenders in this competition, they should steamroll the Knights. I mean, mm. um, they need Mitch Moses playing at his best. Like, just being patient and not going out there and being this superstar halfback to do anything sort of fancy. It's finals footy. You don't want to be put too much pressure on him, but he needs to be methodical in everything he does as a halfback, as a general. Lead that team around. So once and, and he plays or he's he's like Piercy, he plays well off the front foot. So he'll cut he'll play well when, when the forwards are going forward and he can catch at the ad line. When it gets a little bit um too hard for him or a little bit slow ruck, he makes poor decisions, tries to go for the big plays. The forwards have a massive job from not only for the Newcastle game, but going forward and if they want to win this competition, they really need to be dominant and, and set a standard that you know, other teams will be looking over their shoulder thinking, Fuck this they they mean business power. And off the back of that, they need a general like Mitch Moses to get around the park and show show some a mature head. Um, so yeah, that's my case. With yep. the, I think they were uh, too strong for the Knights. William, the yeah. Knights, yep. they were dog shit. They were last awful. Week. And as soon as that season's finished, done. It's a new, it's a whole new game, and hopefully, guys like Piercy pretty much has to lead that whole team. He's the only one with grand final experience in that whole team. You know what I mean? So, like, they're going to have to go off him and they've got to trust him. You're gonna, they're going to rely on Ponga. You know, like, you look at, look at all these kids, you know what I mean? Like, they're just a bunch of kids. They're both Saifidi brothers. Tyson Frizzell's not, you know, not young. Mitch Barnett, Connor Watson. You know what I mean? Jake Clifford, Heimel Hunt, um, Kurt Mann, Tuala and stuff. There's, there's a lot of pressure on these kids. And I just think it's up to, it's, it's really up to Piercy and Ponga. But it's, it's like they, they really draw a lot of strength from those guys. And it sucks that it's a lot of pressure on these kids, but it is what it is. That's why you got paid all this money and they put all their faith into you blokes. If they lose this game, it's a disappointment again in Newcastle and they'll be filthy. Bradman Best needs to play better than last week. I don't think he was nowhere near as, as good as Eddie could have been. He was quiet. Yeah. And he's an outstanding young player, future future um, representative player. They were way off, but I reckon with the right coaching... You know, they should be level heads this week. That whole the, the season's done. It's a whole new ball game. As I said, like sometimes experience is awesome, but sometimes it's at, at your favour as well. When you've got these kids that don't know what semi final football is about, but you just hear the talk and you watch it when you're young and this all that sort of stuff and now it's here. You expect these young kids to rise up. And that's what he is expecting because none of these kids have played semi final football before, or not a lot. You know what I mean? Like Tyson Frizzell, maybe a couple of games, but everybody else, nothing. Mm. And then you look at, like, you know, the Parramatta Eels, have been, they've been thereabouts for the last two or three years. So um, big, big job for the Knights. But, you know, Callum Ponga needs to be everywhere. The only reason why they sort of nearly come back last week was because of him. Pierce needs to be everywhere. And leading from the front, and you get the Saifidi brothers controlling the middle, Frizzell doing his thing on the edge. It's, it's going to take a full team to beat Parramatta because Parramatta, they're going to switch back to that Melbourne mode, what they were a couple of weeks ago, and they know they have, they've got it in them. And they'll, they've got Campbell Gillard back, you know, so that depth, the, the depth there in front row is just, it's, it's there, man. I, I must say, I like the Eels for this game, but I just need to find out exactly when Anthony Seabold is going over to. <laughs> England, because if he's already gone, the Knights are a big chance. But if he's in the dressing room, oh. the Eels will win by 50. So, 
we'll go into the tip. The tips actually this week. Um, I won't read them all out, but um, anyway, will you're you're in front on 147. Yeah, I've won and, again. Uh, the producers. Well, not it was winning. my sport. That's why I am winning. Ren, you're on 146, which is excellent. <laughs> You're one ahead of me, so that's okay. good. So where did you end up coming? The producer. Second last. Or uh, oh, no, what's... well, I've beaten Harry in the producer, which is apparently all I'm allowed to beat this year. So that was good. What? What? <laughs> uh, congratulations to Rennie Matua, who has, I mean, he's just come on and made this show so much better. So thank you, Ren. That's okay, mate. I might come back next week. Can you? you? Should be. Maybe. Please do, because I'm host so. It. You should yeah. host it. <laughs> you should. It should be Rennie and Ian. <laughs> You're out. You're gone already. (laughs) Piss him off, Burner. Mate, I've been trying to for 15 years. It's awful. (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes episode number whatever it was of The Take with Willie and Rennie and Ian. And Burner. Also. Uh, We'll be back next week with Ren. Coming back. Watch review. Everything. Watch review. We're going to start the giveaways next week. We've got the tea. I can see the T-shirts. There's a box of T-shirts sitting here. Um, We're drinking Young Henry's. We've got Bondi Tony's. We're about to tuck into a burger. Everyone. We've got stuff. We've got so much stuff. And remember, these headphones that make me look good and Rennie can only wear on one ear, we're giving them away too. We're giving everything away. I've given away my dignity. See you next week. See ya. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network.